Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring and Andrew, and we are here to talk about all of the things that we want to talk about, no matter who says we can or can't talk about them. I think that's a really important thing for people to start doing, because when all of a sudden we have legislation saying we're not allowed to talk about things, trying to silence us. I mean, have you ever watched uh, Katya uh, and Trixie's show, The Drag Queens? They have a show. No, where's the show? Uh, Their show is on um, HBO and it's also on YouTube. But at the beginning, they're like, and this is our show and we talk about what we want on our show and you can't stop us because it's ours and it's not yours. (laughs) But all of you listeners, this is your show too, right? This this is all of our show. So we're all all chatting about things together. How how are you feeling today, Spring? Oh, (laughs) I've been avoiding answering that question lately because I'm so stressed. So if anyone asks me that question, I um, divert, I divert because I can't, I can't even handle answering the question how I am. I'm so overwhelmed that it's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> I am familiar with those feelings and I, I also identify with them, but um, I'm feeling pretty good most of the time. Um, and I try to focus on things to look forward to, like summer break is coming and I'm, I'm just so ready to jump into summer break. Um, I mean, I live in a place where it's summer all year round, but summer break, all of you listeners, you're probably not listening to this in spring, but if you are, summer's on the way. But let's not jump over spring because spring is the best. (laughs) Uh, I I think that's factually incorrect this year at least. (laughs) All right. So welcome back listeners. Today we have a really important episode. Um, What are we talking about? We're talking about the bill that has been referred to as the don't say gay bill. And Mm. we, you know, we've been talking about media all month in March. And um, I think it's just, you know, apt for us to go ahead and talk about something that's actually in the media right now and to talk about this bill and talk about what it means and talk about what we should be doing about it. So I live in Florida and that's where this bill originated. It's actually called the Parental Rights in Education Bill. Um, And uh, it's not just in Florida anymore, though, like 20 different states are running or trying to pass the same kind of bill. And it's a really weird kind of legislation, this don't say gay bill. Um, Are you familiar with the ins and outs of it, Spring, how it works and what it looks like and what it's supposed to do? I mean, I've read through it and in reading through it, what I'm just struck by is how... um, vague it is like I thought I thought upon like hearing all the discussion about it that it would be very um explicit like okay you're not allowed to say gay in school and that's not at all what it says it is just this very vague mess of rules that people can interpret any way they want and that's the real problem I mean that vagueness is really scary so um the bill is about it doesn't define anything so it just says uh like inappropriate or developmentally inappropriate, but it's not defined. Um, And it's even more messy. Like on top of it, not defining appropriate, it doesn't talk about what classrooms or classroom interactions are, where those stop and where those end. And then the state, right? So in Florida, this bill, it's not enforced by the state. There's no police officer. There's no judge. There's like, there's nobody looking to actually like 
hey, are you, are you doing this? Um, it's parents of other students inside of the classroom who are being deputized and asked to enforce a bill that doesn't define appropriateness. So that means that everybody gets to choose what they think is appropriate, and then they get to enforce it in that way. It's really a bill that takes the most prude of parents, and I'm using prude in the kindest possible sense. It's also as demeaning as I can in one word. The prudest parents in the room are suddenly the ones who have control over conversation, of instruction, of of really important parts of your life and development. And so that means that all of this expertise that people who study sexuality and who study sexual development and who study, you know, what makes sense for young people to know at what time and all of the years and years of work that have that people like Andrew and I have put into understanding sex ed curriculum and how to do this well and how to like create the best chance for people to have happy, healthy sex lives. That means all of this is being ignored and thrown away. I mean, and it's more than that, right? This isn't just about sex education. I loved ancient Greece and ancient Rome. I I remember like, you know, second, third grade, I'm reading about gods and goddesses and Hades and all of those different things. Um, But when you read any of those passages or books, there's a lot of gay characters. There's a lot of gayness in history. Um, And really... What this Don't Say Gay bill does is it prevents any kind of conversation about what the world is really like. Like you, you you just can't bring those kind of things up because if there's one prude parent, they can sue that school district and the school district has to pay legal costs and legal fees and everything else. I mean, it's a bill that's really meant to weaponize conversations about sexuality. And we know um, there's tons of research where if you turn a person's identity into a piece of politics, it's bad for that person. Yeah, but I mean, all right. So don't say gay bill. Um, Spring and I both don't like it. We don't want it to pass. <laughs> um, but it's going to probably pass in a bunch of states. Uh, but let's, I think we should break it down a little bit more, right? So the bill is problematic because it doesn't define appropriate, right? Spring and I, sexual development appropriate. Like I have had three-year-olds and four-year-olds ask me very sexually explicit questions because they have them and you answer, right? Like you don't answer sexually explicitly back, but you talk with them about sex and gender and development. Um, But inappropriate is just so murky. It's yeah. And it's so important to answer children's questions when they have them, to not push them off, to not make them feel shame about these questions and to answer them and to answer only what they're asking. So we always recommend, you know, whenever a child comes to and ask a question, you don't need to explain everything about sexuality under the sun to them. You only need to answer the exact question they're asking and you don't need to make it a big deal, you can just kind of simply respond to the question they have asked you. And so all of this guidance, all of this information we know is like the best way to actually promote healthy conversations. And all of this, you know, is being forbidden. It's being forbidden in the schools and it's being forbidden. Like it it extends past that though. I mean, it starts in the school, right? And then it actually leaks everywhere because that the school is this main space where kids are learning, where they're having discussions. And if they are being censored there, then they're actually really being censored throughout their lives. And that censorship, like the bill in Florida is 
spreading to private industry as well. Like memos were released that the governor of Florida had asked Disney to get rid of all of their pro-gay and pro-trans training, which is part of their overall Disney spirit. Like Disney wants to be inclusive for everybody. Now the state of Florida is saying, well, we've passed this don't say gay bill. We don't want Disney to say gay either. And Disney's a private company, right? So those lines get really blurred. Um, There's something else that we need to say, right? So this bill, if you're a prudish parent, and you sue, you get monetary damages, like you get money, like you win thousands and thousands of dollars, right? If you say something is inappropriate as a parent, lawsuit happens, you don't have to pay for the lawsuit because the bill says the school has to pay, and then you get cash for it. This is so abusable. Just like, yeah. it's the it's ridiculous. I mean, you don't even, the the real problem is, is that like, Anybody can say anything is happening and can argue anything is inappropriate. And then we have now lost the ability to educate. Like if if all is happening, like you can easily visualize that there are parents suing the schools for things they don't like. And then the schools have no money and then the schools can't even function. Like how, how does education even continue at that point? Well, and if we think about it, like parents... I think it's important that parents know what kids are studying. But if you look at a math class, if your parents have never passed algebra or calculus or trig or geometry, if, or if they're not interested in those, or if they haven't done them in a long time, like Spring and I both had to take calculus and we both passed calculus. Hey, Spring, could you do some calculus today? No, I don't even remember what calculus means. I don't even know like what makes up calculus anymore. <laughs> it's about finding the area under a curve. No, but... <laughs> I, I remember a little, I, but the thing is, your parents are not the people who should be determining what goes into course curriculum, right? Are your parents English majors? Uh, are your parents history majors? Are, how, like, are your parents the people who know the, the actual information that goes into the discipline? And somehow in human sexuality, it's become completely okay for parents to be, be able to completely change educational systems. Um, there's a couple other really bad parts of this bill that passed in Florida. I hope it doesn't pass anywhere else, but parents now have the ability to opt their children out of all mental and physical health services in a school. So if your child is in distress, if your child needs to talk to a therapist or counselor, if a teacher notices that a child's coming to school with bruises or anything else, this bill allows parents to opt kids out 100% of all mental and physical health services inside of schools. So not only does it create stigma, not only does it prevent honest conversations about sex and sexuality, um, it, it does some real potential damage to kids who are already at risk. Um, and I don't think parental rights should extend in that direction as well. And you know, there's that other part of it where schools have to notify parents when kids are receiving any mental, emotional, or physical health services. And I think, you know, that becomes a real problem also when we have LGBTQ youth who are um, don't feel safe talking to their parents because they might get kicked out of their home or they might experience other forms of um unfair treatment from their parents. And so we know that these youth are at risk also. And if these youth cannot access services at school safely and 
then where else are they going to go? They can't go to their parents if they can't go to school. How how are these people going to survive? I mean, right. It, it really shuts down like that important outlet. I didn't come out to my parents until I was 21 because I was afraid of the, these kind of repercussions. I was afraid of like damaging relationships or being homeless or all of these other fears that I had. Um, but this really neg- negatively impacts everybody in this entire process, right? So I think we should talk about teachers for a few minutes, but we need to take a short break. When when we come back, we're going to talk about how this impacts teachers, how it impacts straight students, and how it impacts gay students. Be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Sex Wrap. Today, we're talking about that horrible law that just passed in Florida that's probably going to pass in most of the South and Midwest in the next couple months, that don't say gay bill, um, that really is probably going to hurt education overall, but it's going to explicitly hurt a lot of other people like teachers and kids. Um, So Spring, imagine you're a third grade teacher. You like kids, right? I love kids. So you're a third grade teacher. What do you do, right, in Florida? If you're a third grade teacher in Florida, how do you respond when this bill passes? Like, what happens to your teaching? I mean, I would be terrified to teach. I would be terrified that I was going to say something wrong. I'd be terrified that I was going to get sued. I would just be so nervous that, like, I couldn't respond to my students' needs and answer questions honestly if they had a question. Like, I would... I would be going to my job in fear every day. I mean, it it would be really scary to sit in that kind of position. I mean, I think I would overcorrect as well, right? Like I would just completely get rid of all of those, what are, what I think are important conversations. Um, But I'm also a gay person married to another man. Like, could I have a picture of my spouse on my desk? What would happen if a kid asked me about my, the ring on my finger? Could I answer that honestly? Um, What happens if uh, some of my students saw me out at a movie or at a restaurant and I was with my partner and they ask who that person was, right? Like there's just so many instances where if you're an LGBT teacher, it could be really damaging. And even if you're not an LGBT teacher, like kids go to teachers to ask them questions about the world all the time. So what happens if all of a sudden you you just can't answer? Like a, a, a student is really questioning their identity or they're feeling really depressed or bad or what about kids who have gay parents like there's just so many problem after problem after problem yeah i mean it it is like excluding that people are people <laughs> like it's saying okay we're all robots and we're only here to let information enter into our informational systems right and the fact that we are human and that we have these bodily needs. I mean, to me, it's basically like saying, okay, you're not allowed to eat at school. You're not allowed to go to the bathroom at school. Like you can't be human because the sexuality is part of all of us. We are all sexual beings and we have this need in our, in our lives to express that. And so it is taking away this ability to be who we are. And it doesn't matter if you identify as LGBTQ in any way, it's still taking away this ability to be who you are and to express yourself. Absolutely. I mean, I think back to some of the fun things that I did in like kindergarten and first grade where everyone would draw a picture of their family and then you talk about your family with the rest of the class. What happens to a kid who has, you know, two moms or two dads or three moms, you know, like all of the non-dyad family uh, possibilities as well. Like, 
during show and tell, or can you talk about your family vacation? Or, you know, you, you're doing an art project. Can you paint a picture of your family? I mean, it's really dangerous. And, and I mean, that's straight kids that it's hurting. Um, if we really look at what's going to happen to gay kids, though, when I look at this bill, it's meant to hurt them, right? This bill is meant to really punish and hurt and stigmatize children's identities. Um, and if we look at it, right, like there's a ton of research that shows um, that whenever you take a person's identity and you politicize it to the point of debate, right? And that's exactly what's happened here. Should gay kids be allowed to talk about their identity? Should they be allowed to talk about their parents? It's dehumanizing. And whenever you dehumanize a kid, there's a lot of negative outcomes, right? They have increased stress levels. Um, they have, uh, they're more likely to withdraw from normal activities. They're more likely to have a difficult time concentrating. They have worse academic performances. Um, it just like just goes on and on and on. That's what I think is so ironic about this is that we know that people will have worse academic experiences because of this. And the whole idea behind this is let's make school better or safer or cleaner or whatever it is that they're trying to say. But it's all about academics. Like they're trying to focus on the academic nature of it, on the school portion of it, right? And they're saying that this is not part of that. But we know that this is actually going to impact academics negatively. We know that. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, we can look at this even further, right? Like we know that when there are, are LGBTQ teens, um, if they don't have a, someone to talk to, right? If they don't have an outlet for it, um, if they feel like they're being marginalized or discriminated against, it massively increases the chances that they're going to have suicidal ideation or or commit suicide. And then there's also research that shows that, you know, if you don't have these conversations when you're young, it increases the chances that you're going to have negative coping strategies later in life. You're more likely to abuse drugs or alcohol. I mean, this is really just taking a huge step back, essentially throwing an entire generation of kids in Florida in the closet, but also their teachers and everybody surrounding them. Makes me really sad um, that that we've taken this huge step back. And it's all for political points, too, right? Like, we know that this isn't going to change anything, right? Like, there's not a single heterosexual person who heard about gay people and all of a sudden was magically gay. Like, that's just not how it works. And when you say it's not going to change anything, it is going to change a lot of things. It's it's going to change all the things we just talked about. It's going right. to make outcomes worse for many people. Right, right. I mean, LGBTQ people for sure, but everyone, everyone gets affected by this. So, yeah, it's going to change a lot. It's not going to change what they want to change. Right. Like, people are not... Oh. I'm sorry. I'm in a tizzy. I've been in a tizzy over this. Um, and I need to stay in a tizzy over this. I need to stay upset about it. Um, but it, it, it hurts kids, right? It hurts teens. It hurts teachers. It hurts school districts. It's going to hurt education overall and all of the states where it passes. Um, and it empowers people with agendas to make profit by damaging young people's identities. That's that's really what this comes down to, is this is a way for prudish parents to make a ton of money by controlling or suing schools based on their perceptions of what is appropriate and what is inappropriate. Like, a little boy wears pink to school, that's inappropriate, and there's a lawsuit if, if, the, if you talk about it in the classroom. Like, that's how crazy these laws are. It's It's so crazy that, like, 
when when we're talking about this and when we're thinking about it, I it doesn't even seem real to me. It seems like um, a book we read that was like, oh, what if this happened, you know? And it's like something scary we have to think about. But I I can't believe that it's real. Like that's that's how far fetched this is. It's so far fetched that we even are having an episode talking about this right now because it. It, there's no sense behind it, right? There's no, there's definitely no science behind it, but it, there's not even, there's no way that this makes it better for anyone because all of the negative impacts that we're going to see are just going to like spiral throughout the school. And then there's, there's no possible outcome that even the people that are behind this bill None of those outcomes that they want to happen are going to happen because of this. So it's like, what what are we doing here? Why are we why are we making this a police state for no reason? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that some of the people who propose these bills want these negative outcomes, right? Like they want to cause harm to LGBTQ people. They want to cause harm to education and educational systems in the United States. I, sit, I take a step back and I look at it, and essentially what we're doing is we're telling every single kid who comes up through public education in Florida and a bunch of other states very soon that some identities are right and some identities are wrong. And those identities that that are wrong are so terrible that we can't even talk about it. Like, they can't be mentioned at all, or somebody will sue you. And that's, that's going to do lasting damage, right? Like, a little second or third grader is is told that they're wrong and they can't talk about it, that's going to stay with them the rest of their life because those are important developmental years. This this is not just about education, right? This, this is about causing lasting damage and harm to the most vulnerable people, uh, which are children, and the most vulnerable subsection of those people. And if you think about your own sexual development for a moment, we know, you know, these like these moments of shame, like they stay with us. Like I'm sure everyone listening to this episode right now can think of a moment of shame that has like lastingly impacted their sexuality and their sexual relationships and their lives. Like we all have a, a moment, unfortunately, because of our culture and because of the way that sexuality has been treated in in our culture, that, that, that means we have these negative impacts we carry with us. And what's happening now is we are just creating this massive shame industry here that is going to really affect so many people's experiences on this earth. And people are going to make profit off of it. All right. We need to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this bill, the parental rights don't say gay bill, um, and talk about, you know, Spring and I are going to talk about what we're going to do about it and then have some recommendations for all of you as well. We'll be right back. All right, listeners, thanks for sticking with us today. Uh, we're talking about the Don't Say Gay Bill. Um, and you've watched me uh, kind of go off the deep end multiple times and lose my train of thought. Uh, this has been really big in my head, and I think it's really important that we talk about it more. Um, so we were discussing how it harms individuals, teachers, students, schools, adults, 
pretty much everybody that's part of the educational system, which in the United States is everybody, right? Everybody is part <laughs> of that system. So why don't we talk about some strategies to deal with it, right? Um, and I've seen, you know, lots of people propose like, I'm going to shout gay and I'm going to post gay on my social media. Um, and that's certainly a nice thing for people to do, right? To have especially for LGBTQ people to see like, I have some support in the community. I have people who are willing to shout this for me, but shouting is not going to be able to fix legislation. Shouting is not going to be able to fix these lawsuits in school districts or, or school systems. What do we do to fix this? I mean, this question is so, well, it's repeal this. <laughs> I mean, it's like, get rid of this bill. Um, that's number one. <laughs> Um, and I mean, this activism that needs to be happening, you know, around these issues is really important. Like, can you get involved in activism? Do you have the time and energy? Do you have the bandwidth to do that? If the answer is even a little bit yes, then it that's important. I mean, we need as many people as we can to support these causes when they come up and to, to put your money behind it, to put your words behind it, to put your social media posts behind it. Like we need all types of activism and we need, we need letters to um, senators, to house of reps. We need all of the, all of this type of activism and it needs to be loud and it needs to be continuous. It needs to be organized, like um, find a local chapter of, um, I, there's so many uh, nonprofits that, you know, are already doing this work that you can get involved with. And like, I mean, I think the activism is really important. Like we, we do have to stand up for what's right and to support, um, support, support children and especially, especially LGBTQ youth. I mean, I would encourage people to go speak to school board meetings. Like Spring said, call Congress people, um, register to vote. If you haven't registered to vote, make sure that you're registered to vote. We talk about voting a lot on this show. Um, and it's been interesting over these six years, Spring, that we've seen women's rights erode. We've seen educational rights erode. We've watched LGBTQ rights erode. Um, and it's really important, right? It's a fight that's worth fighting. Um, it, for a lot of people, it's literally the fight for and of their lives. Um, and it's really sad that we're at this space where people's identity, conversations about who they love, who they are, how they feel are being legislated away. This is legislating ignorance and legislating silence. And because it's that legislative piece, like keep doing walkouts, right? Keep posting on social media, but it needs to be linked to groups who are doing social social justice-based action on human sexuality. Um, and we'll post a couple links to various like national organizations that are doing this work in the show notes. So if you want to click on those, um, you can just see what's going on in your area. Um, but these bills are contagious, right? It started in Florida. Ugh, sorry. Sorry, world. I'm in Florida, but I'm in, I, I'm in the slightly better part. I get that. Nah, <laughs> but they're contagious because people are trying to get those politic points everywhere. Um, but they're getting these points at the cost of really harming people. What we're going to see because of this bill are more gay suicides, more trans suicides. We're going to watch school districts go bankrupt. And the way that we fix all of that isn't shouting gay, right? Like shout gay from the rooftops. Sure, go for it. But it's that action that Spring was talking about. You have to do something explicit. It's not just a post on Instagram. It's not just a post on social media. Those are nice but it has to be linked to some kind of real action. And I think that though that posting is important too, I think that, you know, it, we know that, 
people do have impact on their networks. And so it's not to say don't do that. You should definitely keep doing that. And that's not enough. Right. Like post on your social media, but you have to post and do something, whether it's calling or organizing or writing letters. And when you post, you can also make your post more effective by adding links, by saying, you know, go check this out, read more about this if you don't know what's happening. And you can post links for people to donate money if they feel fired up about it, right? And you can post links for petitions. And so like the more that you actively use these posts as a way to involve other people, then the better that activism becomes as well. Yeah, make sure those post are a call to action. Like, hey, this is important and here's what you can do to work on making this issue or resolving or fixing whatever this issue is. Yeah. And I mean, some of the, if you're interested, like I'll just say like GLAAD, G-L-A-A-D, they have a whole bunch of activism that's currently going on about um, the Don't Say Gay Bill. Um, we have PFLAG that's doing work. We have the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU. So there's a lot of like national groups that have locations in every single state, pretty much in every single major town in the entire country, you can get involved um, and work on this. And and I mean, Spring and I are working on this every single day as well. Um, at the beginning of the episode, I was sort of like joking about leaving. And then I was chastised. Spring's like, no, we're not leaving. We have to stay and we have to keep fighting this fight. Um, but it is hard work and it is exhausting work as well. So thank you everybody for listening. And thank you for helping with this as well. Thank you all of the allies that are out there. We need to activate all of the uh, all of our allies to really work on making this issue better as soon as possible too. Yeah, it's really important. And and we we see how contagious this bill is. We see how it is spreading through the US and we need to really activate every every LGBTQ, every ally, every cell we need to activate to <laughs> make sure that this doesn't spread that this is not um put into a place across the country. Tennessee, Kansas, Indiana, Oklahoma are already proposing the same bill. So it's all over the place. All right. All right, everybody. So there's no tip this week. We're just going to ask you to do something like get out and help us make a difference and, and get rid of this really hateful piece of legislation that's meant to harm our most vulnerable people. Thank you. Thank you. If you have any questions or any follow-up for this episode, um, feel free to reach out to us. Or if you have any other questions about sex or sexuality or legal stuff, too. Um, no. If you have any questions about this bill. Um, <laughs> we don't know anything about legal stuff. <laughs> legal stuff. That's why I called it legal stuff. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We love answering your questions. We love interacting with you. Um, you can call us at 413-I-RAP-IT. You can send us an email. where the sexwrap at gmail.com. That's rap with a W. Um, and you can check out our social media at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Sex Rap. We'll be posting a whole bunch about this bill there as well. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too af- Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.